Hi, Jen. Hi. Thank you so much for doing this. How Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Thank you. Um, I was dying to have a conversation with you because through the years, uh, full disclosure, I've known you forever on a daily. Um, through the years, I've had some of the most meaningful discussions when it comes to real estate with you. Um, and there's a few reasons for that. Um, but I want to start by one of the reasons that sometimes is overlooked in real estate. And is your background is quite impressive for anyone, but specifically in our industry. Um, you're an FSU graduate. Yes. And you have what kind of degree? A degree in finance. So you have a degree in finance and you also have an MBA from yes. UCF Go Knights, right? Yes. Um, <laughs> which is kind of interesting because I feel in our industry, you know, there's people from all sorts of backgrounds. So you have military background people, you have people um, with background in business and whatnot. Um, but a lot of times we like to sort of get into this idea that um, education, you know, higher education is sort of like not as important as experience but with you the cool thing is i see a difference i see a difference because if i refer you to a client of mine which i have that is buying a really expensive house who happens to be a ceo of a company you can speak to them on their lingo because of your education background um do you think that's helped you a lot like having the mba um in in the mortgage industry do you find that to be a value for you for me, I definitely do. It's not something that's ever been required or a prerequisite to do my job, but it's something that was always a goal for me. And even though I didn't ever need to do it to get to the next level or to be hired at a particular company, it was just something I wanted to do. So I did it and paid for it myself and went through the process. And I feel like it gave me a different level of um, <clears throat> understanding of the financial world, of dealing with um, financial clients looking at people's information from a more global perspective of how can you use your home to build wealth. Um, so, you know, it starts with first-time home buyers, but goes all the way up to higher-end buyers and, and business owners as well. So I think I have a little bit more global view of all of that than I did prior to doing the, the MBA program. And you were pregnant while you were yes. doing your MBA, which is impressive. <clears throat> very, very impressive. Thanks. Um, how long have you been in the mortgage industry? Um, I started in 2003, so this is my 16th year in the business. 16th You're too young to be doing anything for that long. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> I'll just take that. <laughs> very good. Um, so, 16 years in the business, which means you were in the business when the crash happened. Yes. Um, can you tell me who were you working with when the market crashed? What did that look like? And the reason I want to bring that up is there's a lot of people in real estate that have been licensed over the last 10 years. And, you know, the crash for those of us who lived through it in the industry seemed like it was yesterday, but it's already been 10 years. It's been a long time. Um, what was that like and where were you at when that happened? It's hard to believe that it's been that long, actually, because now my career after the crash is longer than before. But I was at the time working for Countrywide Mortgage, which a lot of people know that name. Um, it was relatively infamous during that time. And um, I had a great career there. Um, we were, um, I was working down in Fort Lauderdale and, um, I remember at the time when things started going crazy, we were right next door to a, um, stock trading company. Mm -hmm. And so we would walk over into their office and they had all the multiple monitors all over and we would just stand there and watch everything going crazy and just not knowing what, what was happening next. I had friends that worked at other companies that went to work and the doors were locked and they had loans that were supposed to be closing the next day. 
and they just, that was it. Like it was gone. And so it was a really scary time, um, really uncertain. Countrywide eventually got bought out by Bank of America. So we continued to operate under their umbrella. So there was never a time that I was kind of <laughs> without mm-hmm. company or home. Um, all of our loans closed. They continued to fund all of our loans. But it was definitely a really unusual, scary time um, in the market for sure. I feel like we're entering a time where there's a lot of human gloom. And I'm a realist by nature, so I'm not like the person that's uh, super positive when things are not going well, and I'm not the person that's super super negative when things aren't going well. Um, but there's certainly a lot of doom and gloom right now about there's going to be another market crash. There's going to be um, just sort of like all this like doomsday scenario surrounding the real estate world. What do you see? Someone that lived through it once, someone that has... Um, a, a very deep background in regards to finance. What do you see um, as the trends that are really going to take off moving forward? Well, there's definitely some similarities to that market from before. You're seeing a lot of people coming into the real estate industry, a lot of mortgage companies coming in. Um, there's there's a little bit more leniency in some underwriting guidelines, but we're not the same market that we were before. People now have to actually qualify for the homes that they're purchasing. And they're, the process from start to finish to get a loan is way more grueling than it was back then. I mean, it was a really simple process. You could basically get your credit pulled, fog a mirror, and you could get a loan. And it didn't really matter where you worked or what you did as long as you could get the money to the closing table that you needed for the down payment if one was required. So it was a whole different world. And now... The process is different. So I had to relearn the industry and relearn how to do loans when we have to start and look at every single piece of paper and everything has to be validated three different ways. So it's a different world. The the mortgages aren't as risky. Um, But, you know, we also have, there's a lot of other um, safeguards that are now in place that weren't back then to help make sure that the financial market is more stable. So yes, I think we're in a shifting market and things are going to change a little bit. We're seeing um, the market slow a little bit right now, kind of a a natural necessary correction, but we're not going to see a big explosion and a crash like we did before. The economy is still doing well. Jobs are still, um, unemployment's at at a low point. So we have people that are employed that are making money and, you know, property values have been increasing and appreciating at record levels again which is what scares everybody. I think they see the values going up so high and think, oh my goodness, we're going to have this explosion. Well, we'll start to see that slow down a little bit. Interest rates are going up. That slows down buyers. There will be some slowdown, but we're not going to see values all of a sudden take a dive. They're, the the rate at which they're appreciating is going to go down, but not the actual appreciation of the homes, at least not in the longer terms yeah, that you're talking think, about. And I think that the analysis of the people that are, um, that are very in depth into finances is that the mortgages sort of sucked back then. People have a lot of adjustable rate mortgages, a lot of stated income, stated assets mortgages, mm-hmm. um, and people that were basically buying a house that they knew the payment would probably double after three or five years that they were in that house, but they were counting with that, you know, 15 to 20% year depreciation to in three to five years, be able to refinance and, you know, move into a product that was perhaps a little friendlier. 
And that just never happened because everybody got to that point sort of at the same time. Right. You know, all those notes got called to a different payment or, you know, seemingly at a, at a, during a very short window of time, which made a lot of people default on their payments right away. And that's the thing that we don't see now because people have been buying houses now for the last 10 years. People that bought houses between, we could say, what, 2009 to 2012 were probably in the 3% interest rates, mm-hmm. fixed rates, very low payments. Um, those people are probably going to be all right. Yeah, and we're seeing a lot of them taking and selling the house that they're in, moving up to a larger home, using the equity that they gained in the home to move up. That's what keeps the housing market moving. That's what allows those first-time home buyers to come in when those move-up buyers have now moved on to another home. So, um, you know, those are all positive things. And even though there are still programs that allow people to put little money down, as property values are rising, they're gaining equity in those homes and, and they're still employed. They, you know, they're in a better shape than they were 10 years ago before the crash when we were putting them in homes that they may not have really been able to afford. And I think one of the misconceptions of the general public when we talk about mortgages is that a down payment automatically means a lesser quality mortgage, meaning a higher risk product. And I guess there's a certain truth to that, but not necessarily because just because someone can get into a USDA pro- program that's 100% financing or a VA product that requires little to no down payment, um, that does not mean that that's a bad loan. No, but, I mean, there's programs out there for everybody. And so finding the right program that fits somebody's needs is what's most important. But no, they're not bad loans. They're loans that are insured by the government that allow people that have, you know, one of the biggest hurdles to buying a house is coming up with the money for the down payment. So it allows them to get into homes and we need those first time buyers to come into the market because that's what stimulates and continues the growth in the housing market. So we need products like that so that people can enter the market. Otherwise, if everyone had to wait until they had 20% down, we would have a pretty stale, you know, dead, flat, market. flat market. Nobody would be able to buy in. Cause, and I am, I have buyers on the other end that are moving up or, you know, buying um, their dream homes that will look at it and choose to put less money down and say, you know, I'm going to take money out of the stock market or out of investments or out of other areas where I'm earning a higher rate of return than what this mortgage is going to cost me. And so we look at that too and see if it makes sense to just leave their money where it's making them more money and put less money down on the house where it's not costing them that much. So that's something a lot of people look at. And just because a mortgage is 100% or 96.5% financing, it doesn't mean that it doesn't have stringent guidelines. Certainly. It doesn't mean that there is um, that they're not looking at credit or employment history and doing an actual verification of employment, right. um, looking at people's assets and all that. So I think that's one of the misconceptions for mm-hmm. sure in Main Street about, right. know, about loans. Um, you mentioned something that's very important, which is when someone is talk, working with you, and I've had this experience with the clients that I've sent over to you, um, when someone's working with you, you're not only pre-approving them for a mortgage, like a blanket, like someone comes to you and says, hey, I want to get approved for an FHA mortgage. And you say, sure, go on, let's go ahead and do an application. And they fill it out. You say, sure, you're approved. End of story. You're having a consultation with that person. And the difference is there may be a product that is more beneficial to them. Mm-hmm. There may be a product that allows them to keep some of that money in the stock market that is generating them a good return or an, on another investment by doing a different program. And you do that with your customers, that 
That's right. Correct. Yes. Well, I think it's really important to have somebody that actually asks you, like, what are your goals? What's most important about this mortgage? What, you know, are your plans for staying in the home? What if you, your family grows? Are you going to keep this one as a rental property down the road or will you sell it? So it's important to have somebody that's going to ask those questions to find out what your ultimate goals are and then build the programs around you. And a lot of times I'll give clients options and say, here's one option and here's another. Let's look at the pros and cons of each one and see which one fits you better. But I think that's something that gets lost a lot when people go to online lenders and things. They want a quick pre-approval and they can, you know, push button, get mortgage and it comes out and they didn't, they haven't actually spent the time to go through if that's really their best option. Because for example, like you mentioned FHA, it's an easy program to put everybody in. Like kind of, they all fall into that umbrella, but it's not always the best one. So there's a lot of, there's a lot more programs out there. A lot of people think there's only one or two. There are a lot more programs out there that are available that people just overlook because it takes too much time. And, and you mentioned the online lending thing, and that's something that I really wanted to talk with you about because it's perhaps, it's definitely the top three chief concerns that I have in the industry at the moment. I don't believe in a shifting market um, as much as other people. I believe that the market does what the market's going to do, and it's a cyclical thing. If mm-hmm. every time we go through a cycle, we're going to be calling it a shifting market, then you know that's, that's sort of a repetitive thing. And, and the connotation, or I guess the... Um, what what people get, you know, the concept of a shifting market is that things are going bad. I think I think that's a lot of times sort of what gets associated with that. So mm-hmm. That's why I stay away from that term. But the industry is definitely shifting. There's some shifts and changes in the industry, and some of them are good. And so we've talked about this. People can do a mortgage application on your mobile app right now. Can yep. you tell a little bit about Absolutely. how that works and with the document uploads? Well, technology is really important to people and everybody's busy. Everybody's working. They need to be able to do things on the go. So our company is really at the forefront of making sure that we're kind of at the at the head of the technology curve and that we're doing the things not to replace me, it's not to, to take me out of the equation, but to give more tools to help our buyers be able to move quicker. You know, we have a lot of um, <clears throat> clients that want to be able to apply online or are more convenient to do it. So our mobile app, they can do it from their phone, from their tablet, from the laptop, but it's never to replace us. It's just there to help enhance us. So I also sit down with clients still and do one-on-one consultations. I do it over the phone. You know, we kind of adapt to whatever works best for the clients, but you have to have those options in this market, in this world, in this tech world of everything moving so fast paced for people to do it that way. say the percentage of people that are working with you right now is that are using this mobile app or your online application versus doing it on the phone or in person? Three years ago, I would say I took every application on the phone or in person, like 100%. Now, I would say about 85% of my clients apply online. That's a crazy shift of the Mm -hmm. um, dynamic of the industry. And so what I admire... One of the things that I admire most about Movement Mortgage is, is just that in a three-year period, you guys did sort of a tectonic shift in how this part of the process was going to happen. And you generally have people in two different camps. So you have people in the camp that says, well, it's all about the personal relationships. We take every application still over the phone. And then you have the camp that says, we don't really need any personal relationships. We can do everything through the tech. And Movement Mortgage has really been able to marry those two things and say, you know what, 
sometimes you need a, a sledgehammer and sometimes you need a finishing na- a finishing hammer. Right. And so what we're going to do is we're going to create this tool that allows people to pick what they're most comfortable with. But we definitely want them to still have um, that um, interaction with the loan officer, with the mortgage broker that's going to allow them to get additional expertise that they may not have. Listen, there's some people that are very well-versed in finance mm-hmm. and there's people that are not. And so it's important that you guys have that resource, that someone can have that conversation with you and say, hey, I want to do this in person. And you say, sure, come into my office and do that. You guys have a physical office as well, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, when we're talking about the online lending thing, that's a very delicate topic. And so it's a very delicate topic for a number of reasons. So for the longest time, this was a thing that lenders were doing Um and it was, it was just that. It was lenders doing it. Mm-hmm. Now we are seeing other companies want to enter this space of online lending. So offering people, um, you know, discounts um, or offering them money towards closing costs and offering things that on the surface seem great, but they always have a cost. And this is something that I, I think everyone will benefit from hearing this. If somebody is dealing with just about any lender out there, they can probably get a credit towards closing costs from the lender by inflating their rate. This is not rocket science. Right. It's exactly that. So rates are kind of, it's like a seesaw. The higher the interest rate, the lower the costs will be. The lower the cost, the higher the interest rate will be. So just like many companies will advertise a lower interest rate to try to grab that buyer, and then they don't find out till later down the road that they're paying extra money at closing, to get that low interest rate, it goes the other way. A lot of companies will say, we'll pay all your closing costs, we'll offer a credit. They're they're increasing the rate and then they're getting a credit to cover some of those things. So it's really just a seesaw. So it's important that clients are comparing real apples to apples and not afraid to take the information they're getting and give it to a professional and say, hey, here's a quote that I got from somebody else. Can you beat this or can you match it or can you help me to look and see if this really is a better deal than what you're giving me? And I do that all the time. And there's a few occasions where I will say, take it, go lock it in right now. If they're going to give you that interest rate at that cost, do it and go. Um, and you know, you're getting a great deal. There are other times where I say, this is obviously not as good as what we can offer you. They're charging you more just to get your rate a little bit lower. We can match that same rate for lesser cost or, you know, something of that nature. So it's not hard to do, but a lot of people don't know and don't understand the numbers. Most people buy a home, what, two or three, maybe four times in their life. So it's not something that they are familiar with. And frankly, the rules are changing. The numbers change. The guidelines on how we have to show the numbers change. And so every time you do it, it's looked different. Right. And so and I it's think hard that, to compare. I think that underscores... <clears throat> why this is so important. Because if someone is only doing this four times in their lifetime, so they are they're getting into a mortgage every 10 years on their life. If you get into a bad one, you're stuck with it for a decade. That's mm-hmm. a long time. And so the most disturbing trend that I see for consumers, and, and this doesn't affect me as a real estate agent in the way that I sell houses, but it certainly affects consumers. If a lender is purposely out there pushing a program that gives someone closing cost contribution that the person may not need and they're doing so by inflating the rate. You're not paying that inflated rate 
just on the amount that they're giving you towards closing costs, you're paying it in the entire mortgage amount. Mm -hmm. So that $1,000 could end up costing you thousands of dollars more through the life of the mortgage. And I think that's one of the most disturbing things about this, that, you know, on the surface, you say, well, I'll take this $2,000 credit if it's going to be a, you know, a a quarter of a percent hit on my insurance rate. Well, a quarter of a percent over 20 years, that's on a $300,000 mortgage. That's a lot of money. Can be a lot of money, yeah. That can be a lot of money. Um, Well, and I think other people forget too. They will do that and they'll go for $500 or $1,000 and go to another lender and they're saving money. Not discounting that all money is important, that it's saving somewhere. But even you and I have had a situation where a client ended up having to rent a place and rent like a mobile storage unit, rent somewhere for the weekend that was pet friendly to pay for their animals to stay in because the lender they went with wasn't able to close on time and needed a week extension. And they ended up spending like $1,500 for this, what this costs them because their lender wasn't ready. So working with someone that's got the experience and the expertise to close it on time is really important. And the other thing is some of them don't do the upfront processing like we do. And so they, you don't find out for three weeks that you, that there is a problem if there's a problem. So you paid for an inspection, you paid for a home appraisal, and then you find out that you know, it finally got to an underwriter who's looking at the loan documents and now you don't qualify for this loan that you thought you were approved for, that is expensive and it costs you all that money that you spent up front that had you worked with someone who was experienced and really looking at everything from the beginning, you would you'd be able to avoid some of that problems. Yeah, and I think that's that's a huge point. And, and in not uncertain terms, I tell this to my colleagues all the time and I'll tell this to my clients. If you're working with a mortgage company that cannot do upfront underwriting, you're doing yourself and your customers a disservice. Mm-hmm. Upfront underwriting is perhaps the most valuable thing that I find in working with movement mortgage on a regular basis. Because the process of finding a home can take some time. It can take weeks, depending on the person's um, sort of wish list and need list and the area that they're constrained to look in it. This can be a process that can take weeks, months, sometimes. Mm-hmm. If they're able to begin that underwriting process, you know, from the onset of making the decision that we're buying a house, and they can put that behind them, even before we go under a contract, it changes the game. It changes the game because now we can close faster than someone else would be able to close. Mm-hmm. And, and the mortgage part is that part that is sort of a question mark that keeps you up at night. If you've got that behind you and you select the house, it's sort of like, the transaction is just kind of like the happy thoughts from day or four. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's really, really, really beneficial. Um, what are some things that you like with movement mortgage? What are some things that you guys are doing that, that you're excited about? Well, that's one of them. That's one of the biggest things. And that was one of the reasons I came to movement mortgage from the beginning was that upfront process. Because I have a lot of experience in 15, 16 years of experience. I've seen thousands of mortgages and I can do a, a pretty good job, a very good job of evaluating whether or not someone can be approved. But that upfront underwriting piece just takes it one step further. And there are some things that you don't necessarily see on someone's pay stub. The the underwriting process goes through public records. It verifies employment. It gets information from the IRS. There's a lot of pieces that are coming together that even consumers don't see that are working in the background. And that helps us to get through any obstacles early. We can When we can address them early, it takes away the emergency. You know, we're just reevaluating maybe someone's buying power or, you know, have a little bit of time to settle something that's come up on someone's credit. 
So there are things that we can do because of that process. Um, but for me, one of the biggest things about movement was just the, um, the, the culture of our whole company and being servants to our home buyers and to our clients. And so we're here to help serve people and to help um, make a difference in other people's lives. And so it, that is from the top down all the way through the industry. So I pick up the phone and call underwriters regularly, or they call me and say, Hey, Jen, what's going on in this file? I need to know, um, you know, what's happening here with this information. And then we can work through it together. So in, in the old world, the underwriters weren't allowed to talk to loan officers. We were kind of like on opposite sides of the fence. And um, everybody was kind of, we were, we're not, they were, we were waiting for them to, to help us rather than what can they do for us? How can they help our buyers today? And um, so it's a whole different shift than what I've ever seen at any other company. So that was another big reason. But part of our Part of our investing and giving back to the community is also looking for other programs that we can help them. Right now, we've got one that we've come out with that's called our Dream to Own program. And um, we are assisting buyers with 4% towards their down payment and closing costs. So they could essentially do a 3% down loan and we'll give them 4% to help with the three for the down payment and another 1% towards their closing costs. So it's an awesome program that we just started um, this January. Is there a cash? So, um, there are some conditions and some like, you know, regulations for it. The credit score requirements are a little bit higher. There are some stipulations as to whether or not, depending on how much you're putting, you're putting down or how much that first mortgage is, you may or may not have to be a first time home buyer. There's some income restrictions as well. Um, but it's definitely a great program to just reach a little bit more of our, um, of the home, home buyers or people that wish to be home buyers. Um, that's another thing that I really love. You guys come up with stuff like this all the time. There's always sort of like a new program, a new pilot thing. And you do a lot of that for agents. So mm -hmm. real estate agents that are looking for to partner with someone, when you partner with someone like you, um, you have a lot of technology available to you in the way of apps, in the way of um, marketing um, products. When I say marketing products, I mean uh, the tools available to create flyers, mm -hmm. to, to create... Um, social websites. media postings, websites for your listings. So um, I love that about movement too. It's not, you guys have taken ownership of not just the lending side of the transaction, but you have taken ownership of the real estate side of the transaction and saying, hey, if you are one of our partners, we are going to help support your business in a way that doesn't directly um, affect us, but in a way that will make your life easier so mm -hmm. that we can sort of do more of this together, which I absolutely love. Yeah, it's nice. Uh, you know, mortgage companies have different target audiences. There are some that go out and advertise all over TV or on the radio or in football games or wherever, and they're trying to get the consumer first. For Movement Mortgage, we've really partnered with real estate agents because we know that um, helping to support you and helping to grow your business is is just that it's a partnership and it can be a reciprocal partnership when we're all working together and we're helping you to do more business by being able to trust that your clients are going to make it to the finish line. And you're not going to have to be like checking up with us every couple of days on if we've done the things that we're supposed to do in the transaction. So for us, partnering with real estate agents is really important. And that's how I've built my business is just by partnering with the agents that I support and helping to grow and just being a part of your team and not just, you know, here's a here's a name that you can call right. to help. Well, it's worked out really well. <laughs> Jen, we just so did 30 so minutes good. here. Um, 
So I want to thank you. And we got to do this again because I can talk with you for hours and hours and hours. <laughs> we have um, for many. But thank you so much for coming over. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. Of course. <laughs>